1: Once again, from AcmePackingCompany.com and SB Nation talking about your Green Bay Packers. The preseason has concluded. We are giving ourselves the uh, the now like the 36-minute challenge on this podcast. We're using a free Zoom account, and we are just going to fly by the seat of our pants. I am Zach Rapport in Albuquerque, New Mexico, at Zach Rapport on Twitter, in a different room than I normally am with the window open and my dogs here, and dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Let's talk preseason. Cutdowns happened. Some other fun stuff happened or not so fun stuff happened. I am joined to talk about all that stuff with Alex Patakis. How are you?
2: Doing quite well. The whiskey worked. Thanks, Dr. Rapport.
1: <laughs> I know what cures, how to cure what ails you, man.
2: It actually was a sinus infection. So I tried like three different medications and then did a telehealth visit and told him like, hey, I don't know who you are. I can't sleep at night. I literally can't stop coughing. Give me anything. So now I'm taking like six different drugs and slept great. So you I'm, feel I'm great. refreshed, ready to go.
1: You're on six different drugs and ready to talk some preseason football, baby.
2: Yeah. Five COVID tests later, I was convinced I had it, but um, thankfully, still negative.
1: We're also joined only on one drug, as far as I can tell, a lot of caffeine. Uh, we're joined by Justice Mosqueda. How you doing, man?
3: Uh, we got two. I have a dip in right now, so... <laughs> <laughs> we got to yeah on top nice. of being over caffeinated peel back the curtain uh, a little bit in. sorry about that folks <laughs> caffeine's a whack drug kids don't do it don't do er, it nicotine yeah
1: well yeah caffeine
3: is too but. <laughs> uh
1: today was supposed to be our tarot card episode so the first thing that i will say is um we can't do the tarot card uh episode this year we are disappointed we reached out to uh jamie who uh we we i don't think we had him on last year but we've had him on Every year prior, um, and I think we were... Not only were we a day late and a dollar short, but he is in the middle of, I believe, an international move right now. So, unable to join the show. We're going to make do. We still got some fun content for you guys. I think maybe we will round out the show if we can with, with our own sort of off-the-wall predictions um, for something that may or may not happen this year, and, and we'll call that um, divining, Poor man's I'm um, So much disrespect being... <laughs> <laughs> being being thrown uh Jamie's way by how cavalier I'm being about that. But um disappointed we can't do tarot cards, but we soldier on. Two quick notes of business before we move on. The listener pick'em league is back. A bunch of you guys reached out after last week. I got you signed up. If you are interested in playing our free listener pick'em league, get at us on Twitter at the APC Pod DM us, send us your email address. Um, or email us at theapcpodcast at gmail.com. Free to play, a free weird prize for the top-placing listener um, as well. I wanted to give a shout-out to listener Scott, who joined our um, our Patreon after last week's show, patreon.com slash nugs. if uh, that is a thing that you care to do. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, with that, I think um, now we can officially move on and um should we do haikus first and then hit a few news items uh i almost didn't have a haiku and then alex you reminded me so you seem gung-ho on the haikus you want to go
2: uh sure Mm -hmm. i I missed week one of this and thought i like you know didn't do my homework and now no one else is doing it so
3: um
2: i started slow but hey man I'm, i'm i'm reliable
1: you start you started slow but now you got the essential oils and uh, oh, yeah. we will Hit enter me. Hit the me. spa, the APC spa, and take it away, man. Uh,
2: okay. To draft a punter. A good thought till it's not. Farewell, John Kimball. <laughs>
1: oh, amazing. talking punters. Ben Foldy sends his regards, and uh, rest assured that he is extremely disappointed that he can't be here on today's show, um to Was he talk- being serious? I think he was. I think he was. Uh the Packers have cut JK Scott and they have traded for Corey. I already asked for pronunciation and forgot it. Uh Bayorquez? Bajor- How do we say this? Bajorquez. Bajorquez. That's what I thought.
3: A lot of people get confused with the uh the Kez. They want to say Quez, as someone with a K in in his name. It's definitely guys.
1: I pulled uh, the APC writers, and someone said Google says it's Quez, and I'm like Quez in what language? No what chance. You... It's, it's like it's Casada.
3: <laughs> it's like Casada.
1: <laughs> anyway, um, he hails from. Uh, he was he was on the Rams. Uh, he was back there with uh,
3: with Johnny Hecker,
1: and um, I don't know. What do we know about this guy? Is he better than J.K. Scott?
3: He has a boot. Um, it's worth noting. I wrote up in uh, the post we got on APC that Hecker actually restructured his deal. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Rams kind of gave Hecker an ultimatum. Um, the other thing too is Bajorquez, uh also got all pro votes last year. Um, so worth noting at least a little bit that, you know, he's been highly regarded, you know, PFF had him graded pretty high. I know they did the same thing with JK Scott, but JK Scott, I don't think got all pro votes. No. Um, so it was kind of surprised when, the Bills let him go last year, and then he basically just was in a battle with uh, Hecker in Los Angeles. Hecker was making more money than he was. At the end, they said, all right, is the better player. Will you take less money to keep your roster spot? And they traded for And, you know, the the cost it took to trade him wasn't very much. I mean, the Packers basically gave up a six-round pick and got back a seventh, So they didn't even really lose a pick. They just moved down from the sixth round, which, hey, man, it it doesn't really matter at that point, <laughs> you know. They got more return on investment from the uh the Hallman trade with the Texans, and Hallman didn't even end up making that roster. So,
1: you have any final uh J- parting words for J.K. Scott there, Alex?
2: No, I would just hope that uh, Bajorquez is uh at the very least consistent. And also, I can he hold? Don't know this, but uh, do who is the Packers holder? Like, does he hold? Do all punters hold now? Is that just yeah, a Yeah, all,
3: all punters hold now. Um, it's kind of a league-wide structure where they don't want to pull backup quarterbacks out of offensive practice, so they just kind of let the special teamers go hang out by themselves.
2: <laughs> it's amazing it took that long for that to happen, you know? And they were just, like, like,
3: too focused on, like, what if our backup quarterback could run a trick play as a holder? And then everyone realized, we don't actually do that, and it's actually a better use of practice time to have the, the punter
2: <laughs> just hold it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, uh,
2: that's about uh, when we get two minutes on punting. That's, that's pretty good.
1: Pretty good off season content. (laughs)
2: He's from your neck of the woods too, Zach. He played at New Mexico.
1: Oh, there you go. He played at, uh, UNM.
3: Yeah. He was, he was a Lobo. He was a Lobo. All
1: right. Little, I don't know if I can call myself a local yet, but there's some pride involved there.
2: Homeowner. I mean, that's true. You could put down roots
1: as I, uh, as the spa music again permeates the show because i'm ready to go into my haiku i'm trying to run in a tight ship here we've re-entered the spa and here we go equanimous saint brown your name is half a haiku already (laughs) i just ran out of (laughs) syllables i ran out of syllables hell yeah that's all i got um I kind of, I'm, I'm kind of jumping the gun a little bit here talking about uh, cutdowns. So I will sort of jump ahead here um, to talk about Equinemius St. Brown. Um, uh, Winfrey and Hazleton are gone. No surprise there. But both Reggie Bagleton and Equinemius St. Brown are gone as well. Um, I have your article pulled up here, but I can't count, uh, Justice. How many wide receivers does that bring our count to? And are you surprised that uh, St. Brown got the boot?
3: Uh, six and not really cause he wasn't on the field and when guys are performing and you're not on the field, you find your way off the roster, especially after you're at the end of a, a rookie contract when the other players are still, uh, functionally like controlled by the team. Yeah. So, you know, Malik Taylor and, and Bagleton were, I think what it, the last roster spot came down to, um, Bagleton played very well, especially the last two preseason games, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes a 53 somewhere else, but I think what it came down to at the end with Malik Taylor was he's a guy who can help as a vice guy and he's a guy who can help as a punt gunner. So he's going to influence both sides of the punting game um, without the ball being in his hand. And then he's also kind of a deep threat, which is what you need. If you know, MVS goes down, you don't have a guy who can run like that. Yeah. So I, I think that plus the age difference between Begelton and Malik Taylor was probably what made the difference, but if Bagleton tomorrow is on the Packers practice squad and at some point he gets elevated on the roster because of an injury, I would not be surprised at all.
1: Yeah. I I think I heard, I think it was Tom Silverstein talking about uh, EQ and saying, essentially it is obvious when he is on the field that he has NFL level talent, that he is an NFL player. He's just never on the field.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's tough. And then, you know, it's tough talking about Players' families too. That's always a tricky thing. Yeah. Um, but with his dad, I mean, you you hear a lot of like uh helicopter dad stuff, right? Where like at Notre Dame, he was doing his own stretches pre-game. He wouldn't, they wouldn't let him contribute on special teams for the fighting Irish, stuff like that, where it's like, you know, if you're a day three wide receiver, it's pretty tough to make a roster, you know, kind of doing your own thing. That's not kind of like how the NFL works. So yeah. I, I'm sure that in some ways played against him. Um, I don't think that he's out of the league by any means. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he gets picked up on someone else's practice squad or a 53, even Um, it's just, he hasn't been on the field. So it's tough to make the roster, especially when the Packers are so deep at the bottom end of their wide receiver room.
1: Yeah. It's one of those guys you you hope pops up uh, in a year or two on someone else. It's just, you're just watching a random game on TV and you see him. You're like, yeah, there he is. Good for you.
3: like buffalo bills playoff game hey there you go it.
1: kumaro eq and uh Cafusa? what's that guy's name
3: kafusi yeah <laughs> we'll see kafusi can stick <sighs> on the practice squad too they they it seemed like they really liked him yeah. um he kind of plays like that mercedes lewis type of role as a blocking tight end so i wouldn't be surprised if they want to keep him around because if lewis goes down he's probably their best option as like a true why you know functionally basically a unbalanced right tackle like that's kind of his role he's not going to be catching a lot of balls yeah
1: uh moving on one of the sort of big lingering questions over the past few weeks is Bakhtiari's status and and will they put him on the PUP will he go on IR will they just roster him and wait a couple weeks they do indeed put him on the PUP list um are the Packers like secretly Confident in their line depth after um, a pretty rocky preseason, or is it just that Bach was never that far along uh, enough to begin with and that it was always going to need an extra couple weeks to get into playing shape?
3: I mean, they made the call for six weeks. That's what PUP does. Yeah. Um, the Packers got put in a tough spot because you can't, uh, Brab talked about this on Twitter. Um, you can't get a player off of PUP, have him on your 53, then put him on your IR so that you can bring him back in three weeks because to get on the 53 man roster, you have to pass a physical. And that physical then says, you know, whatever your injury for PUP was no longer qualifies you to be on IR to return. So they kind of had their hand forced. Um, once they knew, you know, he wasn't going to be ready for a couple of weeks, you basically have to make the decision. Do we want him taking up a roster spot and just being a, uh, inactive on game day or do we want to save that roster spot and we have to wait until you know week seven for him to come back or whatever so that's kind of the situation they're in um elton jenkins you know he didn't really he didn't play in the preseason but by all accounts you know in camp he was doing well he was doing well in joint practices with the jets he was winning one-on-ones against you know preston smith and Rashawn Gary, Gary's been on and off uh, the practice field and obviously Z'Darrius Smith has a back issue. Um, So it's not like he's been tested that much uh, outside of Preston Smith, but by all accounts, everyone who was at practice said that he was handling Preston pretty well and Preston's pretty good at getting after the quarterback. So that's a uh, positive point going into the season, at least.
1: Yeah. And Alex, I don't uh, know how much preseason football you actually watched or how much stock you you take in all of this, but Oh, and three in the preseason quote unquote, but they didn't play like almost any, they were holding out 30 to 32 guys every single week. It was the,
3: the only starters they got is the interior offensive line. Right. Cause they're trying to get a look at the rookies. And then, uh, what's his name? Chris Barnes played some at inside linebacker outside of that. None of the starters played, um, Unless you count Stokes, I guess, but I wouldn't. Or Chandon. Chandon played in the slot. But that was it.
2: Yeah. They pretty much punted on the preseason, which I'm totally cool with. As far as uh, whether or not I watched it, it's actually pretty funny because this is the one and only time this has happened to me in my life. Um, I watched the preseason game against the Bills by accident. I was actually out um, because it was like an early Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Um, and I, wa- I was out watching a soccer game and like there's one TV that wasn't on this soccer game. It was Chelsea versus Liverpool. It was like a huge game. I was at this bar and there was one TV in the corner that had the Bills on, and I was like, Oh yeah, that's the Packers. <laughs> so I got to watch Jordan Love, which was cool because um, you know, I don't know. It's like the most preseason football I've watched this year, but the Bills fucking let like what were they doing? What, why was Josh Allen playing so lately? Like, like why? what are, what are they doing? It's so, so crazy. The difference. I mean, they the were philosophy. they were
3: hitting them with tempo too. I mean, they it looked like Jim Kelly peak tempo <laughs> with with every with Polian there. Like, it looked like K Gun stuff. Like, they Did were they, trying to score, just
2: dominating
3: the preseason.
2: Maybe would that make a little more sense if there wasn't now a two week gap before you actually play a game? You know, because it's like there's going to be rust regardless. Like, I like the Packers' approach of like. There's two weeks in between, so none of this shit matters anyway. Um, plus, yeah, I don't know. That's just that's weird, man. I thought that was so weird. They were fucking like going after it, so I don't feel bad and the Packers getting blanked um, at all. But yeah, I don't know. I saw, I saw enough. You know, I saw I saw enough to. I think my favorite thing about the preseason is that I didn't see anything that convinces me that Jordan Love will suck. You know, yeah. like there was no like oh fuck moment where you're just like. This guy's not it. There wasn't necessarily the moment like the other way, but um, I don't know. He's just okay, which is fine with me. Like that's that's okay for him to be in that spot at this point in his career. Yeah. In my opinion, I don't know.
1: It's it's tough to watch him be in that spot though and then see like some Justin Fields throws and just go,
2: mm, damn.
1: <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. Fair. Um,
3: all right, yeah,
2: well, that's a tough one. Luckily, well, uh, Aaron Rodgers is still on the team. For now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Is he going to keep the hair? Does he still? Is he? Because I know every preseason he's like a little shaggy. Is he? Are we rolling with the hair for the? This is the off
1: content people want.
2: Yeah, that's that's going to be interesting. It would be kind of cool to see him play a full season with long hair.
1: Yeah, just let it grow. Just let it grow out. Let those locks fly. The hockey hair. The yeah. hockey hair.
2: Ben Foley's a big fan of
1: that. He started. He started a trend. Twenty twenty one hockey hair. All right, I'm going to cue the. Uh, I'm gonna cue the sad piano music as we um, as we get ready to more officially talk about cutdowns, which which happened today. I just I don't know. I wanted to give a little somber nod to uh, saying goodbye to uh, to some of these guys. Uh, we will start. I'm, we're just gonna run down. I think some of the more um, notable names or, or names that that you may have heard of, like Kurt Benkert, uh, for example. Uh, quarterback Kurt Benkert is cut. I believe I heard Tom Silverstein say that he doubts that anybody would actually claim him and that they'll be able to get him back on the practice squad. Justice, do you think that that's true?
3: I think when you look at certain teams like the Dallas Cowboys, I know everyone wants to point to Atlanta, but that front office and coaching staff turned over. So I don't know if there's that connection to Atlanta in the same way you know, that, that a former player would usually have. So, like, when you look at a team like Dallas, where their only backup quarterback right now is Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush isn't an NFL-caliber quarterback. Um, I think a team like that would be more in play than Atlanta. You know, that's kind of a shaky situation right now. I mean, worst-case scenario, you probably bring uh, Jake Dolagala back to the practice squad, maybe Donald Hammond, who they've worked out twice. he's a quarterback from Air Force. Very fun. Um, but I think it's probably, like, an 80% chance that they can get him back on the practice squad but i guess we'll have to see tomorrow
1: cooper rush sounds like a rejected name for like uh a street fighter character from america <laughs> <laughs> that's my only thoughts on that name.
3: i mean do we have proof he's not
1: we do not there you go hot takes that's what people are dialing in for <laughs> moving on uh running back dexter williams is gone um so those hoping to nab kylan hill as their guy in next week's guy draft a little tease like they call in the business um are happy about that justice did dexter williams really have a chance of making this roster this year
3: i don't think so after kylan hill was drafted and patrick taylor looked the way he did um I, i think in terms of talent he was always you know fifth in that running back room which always makes it tough um I don't even know if he's going to be brought back for the practice squad because I don't know what the value add of having fifth running back is, if they can bring back Patrick Taylor too. Um, Taylor is a guy who I think eventually could end up on the roster if there's an injury at running back. Um, He can also contribute on special teams when he doesn't have the ball in his hand, but he can also return kicks, which is also a positive. So I think there's just so much more versatility in Patrick Taylor in that like he can catch passes. He can play in the gun. He's also a big body who can run inside. He can contribute on special teams. He can return kicks. That I don't really see a role for Dexter Williams.
1: Yeah, Alex, can you confidently say that you have seen Dexter Williams for more than thirty seconds of your entire life?
2: <laughs> uh, no, I can't confidently say that. I probably have, but I, I would. It's right around there. 29 and a half seconds is definitely where the line is. That's the line. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm pumped about this group, though. Um, I'm, I'm I'm very excited to see. I mean, I don't know. I think, was it Tex or maybe it was even Ben two weeks ago? Like, Kylan Hill's going to play in games. You know, he's not yeah. just like a, a depth piece. Like, I feel like there will be a role for... All these guys which is really exciting yeah um, that
1: was a text talking about a piece from from chris burke on acme Packing company.com about what what there is to like about kylan hill
3: yeah i think yeah. kylan will probably be the backup in gun looks if that makes sense so like aaron jones needs a breather they're going in the shotgun they're probably sending in kylan hill instead of aj dylan where like dylan's like the i-formation backup if that makes any sort of sense and then kylan i think too you know, with Patrick Taylor off the roster, I think he's probably going to return some kicks for the team. So um, punt return-wise, I think that's going to be end up being Cobb and Amari Rogers. But kick return-wise, I think Colin Hill has a chance to get his hands on the ball.
2: Yeah, it's amazing what one uh, late-round draft pick flashing can do and just how quickly we've forgotten about the release of, uh, of Jamal Williams and, and how sad that seemed to make everybody
1: I'm still sad every time I see him smiling in
2: blue, I'm like,, ah, uh, but I, so much of that is just tied up in his his personality, yeah, which again, I wish is the way a, a lot of people approach this game, but yeah. it's not, but it you know, I think we'll forget really fast once uh Kylan makes a play in a in a game that means something for us
1: personalities and likable people and and good stories I mean that's like I don't know forty percent of what I like about about football so i don't know i'm team jamal what uh, uh justice what do you think um what do you think this how different is the backfield going to look without jamal do you think aj just slots in there and it's the same same as it ever was
3: yeah basically i mean i think he's going to take a lot of those those plays where it's more like power gap stuff um that's kind of how aj dylan wins and that's kind of how jamal wins and that's why i'm not surprised he ended up in Detroit, where it seems like, you know, they want to, like, hashtag establish it and run up the middle. <laughs> establish the run. Um, that seems like a pretty good fit. If you're going to run up the middle, there's not that many backs in the league who are better at that than Jamal Williams, especially guys who are, like, borderline starters. So yeah. I think it kind of fit everyone to kind of move on once they knew what they had. And hopefully Jamal gets more touches in Detroit than he, he would have in Green Bay. I mean, I'm not rooting against the guy just because he's aligned. It's not like the lines are gonna really compete with green bay this year anyway they're not
1: maybe i'll eat these words at some point but they're not really a, an nfl team this year <laughs> it feels they're
3: not. they're unserious Is the way i would say it. Unserious. They're, they're unserious about competing right now which is fine you're in a massive rebuild but it is what it is
1: it's always nice to have one of the teams uh, in your division be a not serious team and there's the vikings too yes they are a different kind of not serious team who oh Put them in plexiglass, baby. We talked about wide <laughs> receivers already. Um, offensive line, I guess a bunch of offensive linemen are, are cut, um, including hometown hero Cole Van Lannan. Um, the line played pretty poorly for a lot of the preseason. Uh, Justice, I'm curious um, since you focus on the line, um, is this basically what you expected? Were there any surprises in terms of uh, in terms of who was cut and who stays?
3: Yeah, Nyman making it was kind of a surprise. You know, he had a really bad week one preseason against Houston Um, did better in week two and week three. I'll say that seems like he's kind of their emergency offensive lineman at left tackle. So I don't know if he's going to stick on the roster the whole year. Like once Bakhtiari comes back and, you know, Jenkins can kick out to left tackle if, you know, there is an injury, you're at a position where, Nyman really is like your third left tackle and he's only playing left tackle. Right. So how much value add does that bring that? That's when I think his situation roster wise changes. Um, Jake Hansen is an interesting one. They had, you know, Lucas Patrick trying to snap the ball and stuff in practice. Yeah. Um, obviously uh, uh, Elton Jenkins can also play center. He can play all five people love talking about that. Um, so Jake Hansen came into the game last week after struggling for most of the preseason, um, first play in bad snap. And then I think a drive later, he couldn't get a snap off and it ended up being a delay of game in the red zone. So he had pretty much as bad of a week three preseason game as you could expect for a center. Who's a borderline roster guy. And he still made the team. So he must've made that team, you know, basically walking off the bus, um, so that one's a little bit of a surprise. Again, once Jenkins doesn't have to play left tackle and Jenkins has coverage, right, where he can play all five, I do wonder if Hanson's roster spot then kind of becomes flexible in that, like, all right, we got an injury, but we don't want to put this guy on IRPUP, so what if we just release Jake Hanson? Like, I think that's kind of the situation he might be in in a couple of weeks. Ben Braden also, uh, by the way, was kind of a surprise release. Um, he was a guy who was working with the first-team offensive line early on in the summer, and now he's not there. And he was playing left tackle, too. So I think that was kind of a situation where they tried to get him into a, into a spot where he could compete with Nyman for that kind of reserve left tackle role, yeah. and Nyman ended up winning. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Braden ends up making it on the practice squad because, again, they thought enough about him that they were – putting him out there with the starters early on.
1: Yeah. Uh moving on to other names you may know, KB and Ento is a guy who was on the bubble, but a lot of people like him. He is released. Correct me if I'm wrong, but is Isaac Yadam is on the team, right?
3: Yeah, he's their uh, fourth outside corner. Um really you got to look at their cornerback room is almost two different positions whereas the outside corners which is, you know, Jair Kevin King, Stokes, Yadam, and then the slot guys, which are Chandon Sullivan and Shamar, uh John Charles. And they almost played exclusively in the slot this preseason. So I think John Charles is very much like Chandon's backup, not an outside corner. He is yep. Chandon's backup and then at some point might replace him, you know, once Chandon is up for free agency or something.
1: KB and Ento is a guy who I know that uh, Ben has liked following him. He is practice squad eligible. Um, he's he has a little bit of good tape, so I wouldn't be surprised if someone took a flyer on him, but if they could get him on the practice squad, just saying for uh, for for next week uh for the guy draft, he's guy eligible, <laughs> Alex, get him on your radar.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, I'm excited for the guy draft. Um, Just I wanted to just interject quickly about a question because I think we Zach and I briefly touched on this, like on a, a very first podcast at the start of the preseason. But uh, the situation has changed now after three games. So, Justice, what do you feel like you? Anything like can you take enough from this preseason to kind of evaluate this new defensive scheme? And just like, if you had to say, "Hey, here's like two things for the novice to watch," that's going to be very different this year in this defense. Like what those are now that we've got three games worth of film. Uh, even if the Packers did kind of say, screw it and punt on playing anybody. but Yeah, so two big things. One, their base
3: and nickel are completely divorced from each other in that they match personnel to what the offense's personnel is, which was very different than what Petten did. Petten went in dime, I think it was like 40% of the time, which like led the league by far. They basically don't play dime. So they're playing nickel, which the Packers were like last in last year when the wide, when the opposing offense has three or more wide receivers and you're really only going to see three wide receiver sets in the NFL. No teams really play 10 personnel which is uh four wide.
2: So they they were the, sorry, they were the lowest percentage in terms of how frequent they were in nickel last year and is that the most frequent like defensive scheme that was played around the rest of the league? Yes. Yes. So like nickel is back. So yeah, basically what the
3: Packers did, they would play base. And then when you went to, you know, 11 personnel or whatever, that's when they would do their three safety looks. They would drop down uh, Amos into the box and they would play with six DBs. Um That is very rare in the NFL and seems like it's like not even in the playbook. I know some people have been at practice tweeted about like three safety looks. I haven't seen it in preseason. So Um, I would be pretty surprised with that, especially now that they're only rostering uh, four safeties. The other thing that I would say is their defense thinks of itself as left to right. And that may seem weird, but like the Seahawks style defense that kind of took over the league, right. Is very strength based in that. Like we call a blitz. It's our strong side outside linebacker. Who's going. The problem with that is once you get motion, that can switch what the strong side is almost instantly. And then you have to call off a lot of these blitzes because they think of left and right. They just expand with the formation and they can keep those calls live. So like there's plays in the red zone where you're seeing fast motion, weird formations, and the blitz is still live. And they're getting two guys off the edge uh, unblocked. Um, that's a big positive. They play a lot of zone. Um, I would say they're identifying trait. Uh, coverage-wise, is probably uh, just five-man pressures. So, like, behind five-man pressures, you have six players. There's 11 players on the field. So they're sending an extra blitzer. You don't know where that blitzer is coming from. It's a lot of cover one, which is, you know, a safety playing in the middle of the field trying to stop post routes, and then everyone else is playing manned. Or they play uh, three high, three low coverage, which is basically, like, cover three, Minus a low zone defender, because that low zone guy is also coming on blitz. They're very aggressive in their blitzes. Um, They play a ton of too high. So it essentially baits the offense into running the ball. And it seems like their thought process is, we're going to run so many blitzes and stunts up front that we're going to try to win a gap back. So we're we're going to try try to bait you into the run. But you don't know, based off of where we align pre-snap, doesn't dictate where our defensive linemen and linebackers are going post snap. So just because you're running against a front that like, quote unquote, looks like you can run against it, once the ball is live, that may not necessarily be um, the case. (laughs) So like the Jets game was a good example because they used minus splits with the wide receivers, right? Which is how a lot of these like Shanahan type offenses try to get their wide receiver to block a safety, to leave a cornerback unblocked. What the Packers are doing is they're rolling their coverage to that minus split wide receiver, that guy who's almost in a tight end alignment. And they're asking that crack block instead of to be made at like 10 yards. They're rolling that safety and they're making it a car crash at the line of scrimmage. Um, So those type of things are definitely new compared to Petten who would kind of just walk down the linebackers and say, hey, we're blitzing
2: and these are the gaps that
3: we're going through.
2: Yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, uh, I can oh, see Zach laughing because I feel like he <laughs> he's looking at the clock of our uh, our timed Zoom meeting. But
1: I didn't want to interrupt because it's such good info.
2: Yeah, I was just gonna say thank you. Uh, we're lucky to have you at Acme Packing Company. Damn straight. So um, that's great though because it is good. I, I I think it's good for a lot of people to just go in with. I mean, that was way more than baseline knowledge, but like something to like look out for, you know, to kind of build our intelligence of what this defense is going to be throughout the rest of the season um so uh that's that's exciting sorry zach no uh,
1: no don't apologize all right guys we got uh, exactly four minutes and 16 seconds left right now some off the wall predictions this is
2: cool it feels like a training camp practice yeah here we go it's like
1: it's our it's our six minute drill um and we got to get the polka in we got you know we've got we got some uh some goalposts we got to hit here. Um, Give me an off the wall uh, prediction in lieu of our tarot card reading something random off the cuff that you think um, might happen this year. I don't know. Hit me. The clock is running.
3: Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Oren Burke starts games this year. Um, An inside linebacker. He just flashed so much as a guy who blitzes from depth, which again, the Packers want to blitz. They want to present, you know, a favorable run box pre-snap, and then send guys post-snap. And Burks has done a very good job of that. Um, McDuffie, you know, the I think he was a six-round pick, um, also did a good job at that once he started getting in games. The problem was he was hurt for, uh, I think, the first preseason games, if not just the first. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if either of them cracked the starting lineup at some point.
1: Nice. Oren Burks, the guy who's easy to root for. Alex. Oh, yeah. Uh, give me an off the wall prediction.
2: Um, oh, I was gonna say that Rogers wins another MVP, but that's not that off the wall because I think he's like just behind Mahomes, right? Yeah. Uh, so that I don't think off the wall prediction could be like one of the top three favorites for something. That's according just a to a stupid Vegas. phrase I made up. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. I'm I'm trying to get wacky, and this isn't even that off the wall because it doesn't encapsulate the whole season. But just kind of looking over the way I feel like the next few weeks are gonna go. Um. I was going to say that we'll see Jordan Love in prime time. Damn because it. I feel like the Packers are just going to fucking shit on the Lions so hard that Aaron Rodgers in like the third quarter is going to have the clipboard in his hand you and the headset mine. on. He's basically going to be coaching Jordan Love and then Love's going to throw a touchdown. They're going to be like yucking it up and it's just going to be like fucking like all like, you know, sunshine in the and old uh, in Green Bay. Home game against <laughs> the Lions week two. Dan Campbell, you kidding me? You that think they're going to be
3: like, Pointing
2: pointing fingers at like Tim Boyle on the other sideline.
3: Oh like my god! Pointing at his yes. crutches. I'd Be yes. like, "What's up, crutch boy? You could have yeah. been here."
2: All exactly. Right. I'm just gonna really enjoy the hell out of that uh, after this off season of controversy. When on on prime time, they're like, we just see Rodgers and Love just like smiling and being all buddy buddy as they both get to play in that game. I can't believe you have the same ones. This is how does this happen? We do not. We should talk about this ahead of time, but we don't. That was
1: mine. Jordan Love will get regular. I have it written down. Jordan Love will get regular season snaps this year. Um, And the best case scenario of that is uh, garbage time uh, where they're just blowing some team like the Lions um, out of the water. We got less than a minute left and uh, that feels like a podcast. So I am going to hit the polka. And if this video ends before we end the podcast, guys, I want to thank you alex and justice for joining me justice especially for bestowing upon us tremendous knowledge about a defense we have yet to really see anything from but we will in a couple weeks because the regular season is officially upon us the guy draft episode is next week so get ready for that guys we're going to do our homework and uh it's going to be a lot of fun Uh, again we do have a patreon patreon.com slash note nugs if that is a a thing you are interested in the free way to support us uh, is to give us a rating on iTunes Uh, we saw a couple of those come in last week as well really appreciate it really helps the show not just our show but the overall feed which justice will be joining uh, as well as the reporting as eligible podcast and a few others so keep it locked in for all things Packers audio in the Acme Packing Company audio feed and on the blog acmepackingcompany.com and uh that's it. That's all I got. We did it. We did it guys. I don't know. Maybe the timer's fake. I don't know why the video is still going. So it says less than a minute, but we did it. All right. That's it.
2: Cut to black.
1: <laughs> Cut to black. Soprano
2: style, baby.
1: <laughs> I'll just end the music abruptly. Soprano style.